You're listening to We Can Do This, a podcast by the National Consumers League. We talk through the issues of today with the figures who have paved the way for social and economic reforms and those carrying on the fight for an equitable tomorrow. I'm Sally Greenberg. I'm executive director of the National Consumers League. Our guests are Judy Lickman and Marsha Greenberger, both of whom are pioneers who use their legal degrees and organizations to challenge laws that were discriminatory toward women. So employment discrimination was a body of work that we knew and understood as an organization before I even started. And a case was pending in the Supreme Court, Gilbert versus GE, a pregnancy discrimination case brought by the IUE. A union. A union Mm -hmm. by a wonderful woman named Ruth Wyand challenging GE's policy, their health and disability policy, which covered everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. It covered vasectomies. It covered circumcisions. It covered injuries you received from felonies you committed. There was only one thing it didn't cover, and that was pregnancy. On its face now, in 2019, it seems so outrageous that they would not cover pregnancy and and childbirth, but they would cover all these conditions for men. Was that, did you smell a very good case? It was outrageous then, it's outrageous now. It was sex discrimination and violated the Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act prohibition against employment discrimination on the basis of sex to exclude pregnancy-related disabilities including complications of pregnancy, as well as the disabling period when you have a baby, that that was pure sex discrimination. Fast forward, the Supreme Court decided... That it wasn't, that GE's plan was in no way sex discriminatory and therefore not a violation of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, because you weren't comparing men and women, you were comparing pregnant and non-pregnant people. And I always, when I talk about it, it's just particularly Rehnquistian to think that that is what you were comparing. And Indeed, maybe just days, certainly not a week after that decision that came down on December 7th, 1976, a true day of infamy, Ruth Bader Ginsburg called a meeting of all of us women's rights lawyers to talk about, okay, what are we going to do and what's the plan to go to Congress and overturn this really horrific Supreme Court decision? Kailash Satyarthi, the Nobel Peace Prize laureate from 2014. Some parents approached me whose children were trafficked from Nepal to work in a circus in India. But then I learned that this person, circus owner, was a drug mafia as well as the small arm smuggler uh, from that corner of um, India, Nepal, China, and, and Bangladesh. So... We went to rescue them. Uh, We were taken away inside uh, smoothly by the circus owner. And then suddenly they started shouting on on me and my colleagues. The man took out the gun and put on my head. He was was shouting in tremendous anger. Uh, He could have done it. It's a matter of fraction of seconds. And uh, they attacked uh, 
badly with iron rods and everything um so my left foot was broken my right shoulder was broken i had serious injuries in the in the head and i was uh, bleeding badly there was a journalist who took us in the car taken to to a hospital then um, i decided that i am not going to drink or eat anything until all these girls who were already removed from that place are recovered and six years time my kidney started failing but thanks to the people like senator harkin the national human rights commission of india took it up very seriously and they sent their senior judges with the intervention of court 24 girls were freed us department of labor did a study at least 1 million children were working there in child labor and most of them were child slaves or child uh, trafficking victims we are so proud to say that in less than 20 years time the number has decreased from 1 million to hardly 200000 even less in the whole south asian region india pakistan and nepal I grew up working in the fields. Uh, my earliest memories had probably been around nine years old, uh, working in the apple orchards with my parents in Indiana. Um, but once it was legal for me to be able to start working at the age of twelve, I started working what was considered full time. It was seven days a week, sometimes three weeks straight without having any time off. It would mean uh, working ten, twelve hour days in the peak of the harvest. And I also did work when I was fourteen, pulling the weeds from the potatoes. It can be really short to where you're crawling and pull them out, or they can be like. Five feet tall, so you can like you like squat down and you go all the way in the row and you're pulling them like side to side. You're like hunched down pulling them. You have to start really early to do it so that you can get through at least half the field by the time that lunchtime comes around. And I remember I would go home like I was so sore I couldn't even lay on my bed. I would throw myself on my bed because I couldn't even squat down. Once I got older, around fifteen, I started doing like the really tough work that adults do. Such as blueberries, onions, garlic. Basically, you would spend your free time when you're supposed to be having fun, like your spring break, your winter break, and your summer, just working in the fields, and also during the school year. Because I mean, the harvest never ends. It's always a different crop. Oh yeah, there's、um, two shifts basically during the summer.、Um, starts at 7 a.m. in the morning. You go into the field. You pick blueberries, and then you get off at 1 p.m. And basically, during that whole time, you're crouching, you're searching for those blueberries, trying to fill up as many buckets as you can, because ultimately you're paid by piece. And there's also a certain requirement: if you don't make 16 buckets, you're fired, you're laid off, and you have to make that、um, certain amount. And then, so 7 a.m. you get in, you get off like at 1 p.m. Then your night shift starts, which starts around 4 p.m. You arrive to the onion、um, fields and you start working in harvesting onions, and you get off probably at 3 a.m. It's a really long shift. You you just it's just wears on your body because I mean I've had to go see a chiropractor and my back's always hurting, but you just have to deal with it now.、Um, the price that a child pays it's Really terrible. Your back's always in pain, and you just get sick a lot because of the pesticides. But you had these back problems, and you were how old, Adesali? 
I was like 12. Yeah, with back problems. With us, we were always told that um, pesticides, the chemicals that they would use often, were um, medicine for the plants. Medicina para las plantas. You have this sort of flashback moment where you're like, oh my God, like all those instances in which I was like, oh, I think I was poisoned then. Oh, wait, that's why I was feeling sick. Oh, that's when my skin was itchy. Um, times when the fields next to us would get sprayed and you would find that little mist that was almost refreshing um, because you would feel something cool hitting you, um, not realizing, hey, that's probably not a good thing for me to be exposed to those chemicals. Thanks for listening to We Can Do This, a production of the National Consumers League. We Can Do This is a member of the District Productive. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or your preferred podcast app. And hey, tell your friends about us. We love feedback, so give us a rating or review. You can also talk to us through the National Consumers League's Facebook page or on Twitter at NCL underscore tweets. That's NCL underscore tweets. Still can't get enough? Visit nclnet.org. That's N-C-L-N-E-T dot O-R-G to learn about our rich history in fighting for consumers and workers' rights, our current leadership, our education and advocacy programs, and to discover ways for you to make a difference in the world. Remember, we can do this.